Hello, I'm Enda Coyle Green. Welcome to the Fingal Poetry Festival podcast. Episode 1 Gerard Smith. In these podcasts, in 10 minutes or less, you will be guided through a poem and pulled into the heart and mind of the poet. In this episode, Gerard Smith transports us to the shores of Waterford and the icy winter of 1947. I'm Gerard Smith. Um, I have been uh, writing and publishing poetry since the late 1960s. Ardmore, winter 1947. The east wind had its knives out. The winter fires were in need of fuel. Everywhere machines were idle. Mill wheels stopped their gyre. The way to every door was lost in blizzards like a rain of steel. At Mahon Falls, loose water stood on hold icicled like a canvas in the studio when the artist gives up or dies. Each day, the new ice age renewed itself. Not even the old people could remember such bewilderment or the last time the midwife failed to arrive. The birds of Ardmore were nowhere to be seen when the mariners drowned Eleven strangers with foreign names, heaved in by the sea, beached upon the cold slab of the shore. The whole town came to bury them, first in mounds of snow, then in frozen ground. A book of white, a countryside, dressed in a christening robe. The background to writing the poem really um, derives from a a visit I made to Ardmore some years ago Um, and I was walking round and came upon this this grave memorial to drowned sailors. Um, The names, for the most part, were not ones we would associate with this part of the world. Jose Gazado, Spain, age 32. Stefan Palici, Poland, age 21. William James Fisher, South Wales, aged 33. Alexander Malam, Estonia, aged 72. Edward Kulk, Estonia, ship's captain, aged 55. Antonio Rodriguez, Spain, aged 41. Ludwig Fisher, English, aged 36. H. Nuges, no country identified age 36, Marikam Edmund Stefanski, Poland, age 16, and two unidentified bodies also washed ashore of Waterford. So I was I was very curious about it. I had mentioned it to someone I had been visiting there, and they said it, it was a from a, a sea tragedy that happened um, during the big winter freeze of 1947. And that resonated with me in a way because um, in my own childhood in the 1950s and into the early 60s, the the winter of 1947 was still very much in people's memory and very much spoken about as one that was certainly one of the worst winters 
in the memory of, of the generation preceding preceding mine, my, my parents and so on. So looking looking into the, the background to the the tragedy, um, what emerged was a story about an an ill fated steamship coming from Wales um, to Ireland in February nineteen forty seven. Um, there were very severe fuel shortages and food for shortages due to the country being isolated and indeed this extended across Europe at that time. But this this particular ship, the air was coming from Wales to Waterford with several tons of coal as as Welsh coal as as, as I understood it. Um, the ship itself capsized most of the crew, I think the, the total crew number of fifteen, they had two lifeboats and they got into each of the lifeboats. The only survivor came ashore. He he put himself under the tarpaulin, um, and when he woke up in in in, in break of dawn, discovered that his he, there were um, I think eleven others in the lifeboat with him. Um, a smaller number had gotten into another lifeboat that was never accounted for. He uh, discovered that his um, his comrades, his colleagues, were all dead. Uh, the, the temperatures had been extremely low. There, there had been a s- snowfall during the night. Um, according to the account, he threw the bodies overboard, got to Waterford, was taken to Dungarvan Hospital and, and told the story of what happened. Um, and over the following days, a number of bodies were washed ashore and the burial took place in, in, in those severe winter conditions in, in the cemetery in Ardmore. And that's how these sailors, all so far from home, most of them, that's how they ended up buried in, in a Waterford graveyard. At Mahon Falls, loose water stood on hold, icicled like a canvas in the studio, when the artist gives up or dies. Um, well, near to Ardmore, there is a beautiful waterfall called Mahan Falls. Um, and one, it, it, it didn't take great leaps of imagination to uh, visualise it, icicled, um, uh, stopped in its tracks, you might say, from its, its flow would have ceased and it would have been just hanging there, literally, the image, com- comparing it to an artist's studio, um, I have a enormous regard for, for visual artists. I think there's, a, between poets and, and artists and poetry and art, because the image is so important, there's a, there's a close relationship. Um, it came as a, one of these gifts you're given. It seemed a, a lovely way to describe how that particular waterfall in in its uh, you know stopped for stopped in its its flow would have resembled i mean i think most artist studios uh, when the artist departs would contain un- and indeed i have seen one or two would contain unfinished work work the artist never quite got around to finishing The closing lines are purely descriptive of, of a, you know, snowbound landscape. I always sort of say that the most difficult lines in any poem is the first line and the last poem. Getting the first line to compel the reader or listener to stop, pay attention, 
And then the sign-off line too has to have some kind of um, resonance to it. It has to, in a sense, um, have the uh, have the power to to linger after the poem is over, because what's what was left there was this 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 memorial, these uh, eleven. 12 bodies buried in a, in a snowy landscape. Ardmore, winter 1947. The east wind had its knives out. The winter fires were in need of fuel. Everywhere machines were idle. Mill wheels stopped their gyre. The way to every door was lost in blizzards like a rain of steel. At Matten Falls, loose water stood on hold, icicled, like a canvas in the studio when the artist gives up or dies. Each day, the new ice age renewed itself. Not even the old people could remember such bewilderment or the last time the midwife failed to arrive. The birds of Ardmore were nowhere to be seen. When the mariners drowned, eleven strangers with foreign names, heaved in by the sea, beached upon the cold slab of the shore. The whole town came to bury them, first in mounds of snow, then in frozen ground. A book of white, a countryside, dressed in a christening robe. Thank you for listening to the Fingal Poetry Festival podcast. Subscribe now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word. Send a message in a bottle. Tell your friends down the pub or write to us on Twitter at Fingal Poetry. In fact, we'd be delighted if you wrote a tweet-sized poem about how much you love the podcast. Don't forget to tag us in the tweet. These podcasts were made with the support of funding provided by the Arts Council of Ireland's Capacity Building Support Scheme. The Fingal Poetry Festival takes place between September 15th and 18th. Tickets can be purchased at fingalpoetryfestival.com and at the door. Fingal Poetry Festival is kindly supported by the Arts Council of Ireland, Fingal County Council, Ferris na Gwilga, Poetry Ireland, Laureate Nanog, Fingal Libraries, Lower Poshti Erin, Children's Books Ireland and RTE Supporting the Arts. Our poetry prizes were sponsored by DHL Global Forwarding and the Progressive Credit Union. Thank you for listening. See you next time.